previously on the Simply Human Podcast. And um, I don't know <laughs> why this came to me, but I just blurted out, see, ladies, Cooper is living proof that living, lifting weights won't look like a man. <laughs> so I've been riding on that joke now for about three years, and this is the first time I've ever told it on a podcast. Oh, poor like Cooper. <laughs> it's episode 16 of the Simple Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick. Two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it's an interview with author and master's level biomechanist Katie Bowman. Then it's another hilarious edition of the Humans Being Human segment with our good buddy Rick the Caveman. And we'll wrap up with our Simply Human tip of the week. Rick, how you doing? I'm great, Mark. How are you? I'm doing good. You may have noticed uh, the previously on simply on the Simply Human podcast wasn't my voice, but it might have been a familiar voice. It's because it was Anna Vicino of the Angriest Trainer podcast, Vinny Tortorich podcast. They are going to be on the show next week. We just got done interviewing them, and uh, she she gave us a couple of gems to use, which you will be hearing free of charge because that's gonna that would probably cost me like five thousand uh, bucks. Yeah, if I hadn't. Well, like, and, me, and I'll kind of tease this it is an incredible. We just had. We just had a good time. It was yeah. a very, you know, fun and light, you know, four-way conversation, and so don't miss it because we're really enjoying it with yes. them too. Yes, it was a definitely enjoy life part of deal. So, uh, Rick, give us an update. How's it going? Uh, I've, I'm uh, the, recording this is on the thirteenth, and I'm okay. thirteen for thirteen on flossing. I am twelve of thirteen. I came <sighs> home from work the other day, and I was like exhausted, and I forgot. I, in fact, I forgot to even brush my teeth. I took my contacts out. My oldest son came in the bathroom and kind of was messing around. And so I forgot. So I'm 12 of 13, which... Not, not bad, not bad. Yeah, but I was. I texted you the other day. This is like the worst, the grossest thing ever, but like <laughs> flossing smells terrible. Yeah. Like your mouth smells like rotten when you're pulling all this junk out from between your teeth. And... Uh, it's got to be good. You're getting this garbage out from between your teeth. So yeah, you know, that's exactly I what I was thinking. It's like, would you rather like get that stuff out or have yeah. it like still in your mouth? <laughs> and I'm not like bleeding profusely. I don't need any transfusions anymore, that's like good. I did like the first couple times. So it's slowly but surely. Yeah, it took a know. long time to floss because you had to like put the IV in and like uh, have the whole <laughs> yeah. anesthesia team there like on call. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's good. Yeah. Everything's going well. The, I, I'm I'm doing well on two of my three. Uh, resolutions. Uh, the the no olive. Or, I'm sorry. The the olive mushroom thing. Uh, and I know people are probably like rolling their eyes at this. Uh, I was going to tell you this off air. No big deal. I'm going to have my wife uh, make like a little video of me in case like it's hilarious and me like just retching and writhing on the floor. And uh, you can if it's good, you can put it on the YouTube channel because oh, I know yes. you were saying you wanted to do more stuff on the the Simply Human YouTube yes, channel. Yes, so, I do. I do. I, I, I'm I told I, I just listened last night. I was a couple days behind. I listened to the last episode last night on the 12th, and uh, I. I I didn't realize I said I have till the 30th of January to do the okay. mushroom and olives thing. So okay. you have I'm some time. right now getting in the mental, like getting my, like in the mindset to do that. Oh my gosh. I'm so well, ridiculous. The, the I'm that, so lame. The night that we recorded that, I went to like a Jason's deli or something and had oh a mushroom. Oh my God, I sent, dude. I sent Rick a picture of myself with a mushroom and olive in my mouth. And I think when you probably you, about I'm not kidding. When I opened that picture, like behind my ear lobes, like got all tingly, like, you know, when <laughs> you, you're so starting to get sick and oh that was so gross i don't know how many i, I really honestly i don't know how i'm going to do this but i have to because i've said on your show that i'm going to do it so i don't have any choice now i have right. to do it yep yep 
because oh, you'll have you'll have like two or three people like calling in like calling in like it's a call-in show you're on the air um that yeah so uh, yeah but anyway you need to be accountable yeah. that's right that's right we can pretend like there's millions of, of listeners so yeah. all right well i want to get to our uh, conversation with katie bowman it was a really really fun conversation I'm, i know we're gonna have katie on uh, at least a couple more times because there was a lot we didn't get to but before we do you can find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com and also rick has started uh, sort of guest writing ghost writing i guess as you would say um kind of in uh, uh, sort of from his perspective sort of uh, deal i'm gonna post another one today actually i'm gonna wait and post that one tomorrow so it comes out the same day as this podcast Um, but just a good sort of like a for the for the layman uh just kind of a perspective of someone who wasn't doing this a year ago or they were doing this i say eating you know no sugars no grains eating human foods sleeping good uh moving like a human all that stuff so it's good to see your uh, perspective on that so thanks for doing that Hey, no problem. You know, I've got a lot of random thoughts, and you give me an outlet, so, uh, you know, I enjoy it. Sweet. All right, so simplyhumanlifestyle.com. There are links to the Facebook page and YouTube channel and the Simply Human Kids page there. Follow me on Twitter, at simplyhuman52. I'm actually getting uh, some Twitter followers now, which is fun. Uh, Or you can email me at simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. So, without further ado, our interview with Katie Bowman, where we talk about pregnancy, household, furniture, the definition of natural, sitting Indian style, and walking. Here's Kate. All right, joining me today on the Simply Human podcast, I'm I'm thrilled to have Katie Bowman on the show. She's an author, a master's level biomechanist, and the only human physics scientist that has focused her expertise to address our country's epidemic level health crisis and the mechanical causes of disease. She's an expert of optimal human function. I love that term. Her popular website is at katiesays.com. We are so lucky to have her and her wisdom on our show today. Welcome, Katie. Hey, thanks for having me. Cool. And there's so much that, uh, you know, I, I want to get to. I, I've just, like I said, I started reading your book, Alignment Matters, which is basically just like sort of a categorized uh, compilation of your the first five years of your blog. And uh, there's just so I was like, like highlighting, highlighting, highlighting. It's just like everything that you're saying is like right what I sort of try to preach to the, to the. I don't know if you can call it masses. To what's the opposite of mass? Sort of the the smalls, <laughs> whatever it is. So the, the the tiny particles. Yes, the small molecular particles that are listening <laughs> to the show. <laughs> um, and so I just I'm gonna we're gonna jump right in and just be let's just start off really controversial with a controversial subject. So I'm gonna give you like a true or false question and then just let you run with it. So true or false. The majority of women living in modern and developed areas need a large amount of unnatural assistance during childbirth and in the ways of epidural stirrups, C-sections, all medicine, because they live in an unnatural environment, not only during the nine months preceding the labor event, but for their entire existences on planet Earth. True or false? Go! Oh, that was the longest true or false question I, ever. I, know. I, I have told I don't. You'll have to repeat it again in smaller blips. Are I'm you in, saying I'm in Guinness? <laughs> you, you're trying book. to trip me up already, <laughs> right off the get go. It's basically saying like women that are that need some un- unnatural assistance, like that that aren't you know giving birth like in the wild, which is what we did forever, right. is because we we were sort of coming up in developing in an unnatural environment. Yeah. What I I I can. Um, I can answer that, but uh, not in a true or false kind of style. So <laughs> right, it would be like right. my politician answer, which is <laughs> right. I will not answer your question while yes. talking for a long period of time. Um, <laughs> Perfect. It's just, my, my, my comment on that is um, 
birth is an extremely uh, normal and natural process. Obviously, it is perhaps the most defining act of the human right, procreation. <clears throat> but um, we unfortunately aren't really taking natural equipment to task. We don't, we don't have natural bodies left so much anymore. So the process has become a little bit more difficult. There's a lot more resistances that are in play because of the forces and the, and the not really the architecture, but kind of the architecture of our body and the way that we have adapted our physical tissues kind of adapt to our behaviors and it makes them less um, suitable, less uh, functional when it comes time to just the natural biological process of, process of giving birth. And it's not just, it's not just the shapes and tensions of our tissue. It's also, you know, the fear that we have. Um, there's quite a lot of bit of, um, um, birth horror in the in the media, right? If you look at right. birth on television, uh, I've never ever once seen birth go down Pleasant. in a relaxed and yeah. calm way. It's always like, <laughs> smash my watch, bro! Quick, get to the hospital, you know, or, or like. And I, you know, I I birth both my kids at home, really relaxed uh, process. I I work with a lot of different midwives, and I speak at a lot of kind of save birth. Um, conventions and trainings for birth supporters because they do believe that um, birth does not have to be what it how it seems right. it needs to be right now but at the same time see I, I'm kind of caught in the middle because I the birthing community in general is very is very um, the the home the home birthing the natural birthing community is you know tends to be anti the medical the medical birthing model, which has a lot of unnecessary interventions right. that then create their own problems down the road. But I'm kind of in the middle because I, I, I believe that the birth is a very natural process, but at the same time I'm going, but Hey, we can't keep telling everyone that you should be able to birth easily and safely. Right. If you're not doing anything about your equipment, if your equipment is not up to natural spec through right. behaviors Strength, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't think, I don't want to say that interventions aren't necessary because for some women they are, but, but then we pan out a little bit. It's like, but why are they becoming more and more necessary? And that has a lot to do with behavior. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm reading anti-fragile at the same time that I'm reading your, the alignment matters. And one of the things that Nassim Taleb talks about is sort of this idea that we have to, to intervene in stuff and that there's this idea of, uh, is it IOT? iatrogenics is kind of this like you're you're uh, uh doing harm while you're trying to help when if, if you would just and this kind of goes through all domains it goes through nutrition it goes through everything and, and pharmaceuticals if you, if you know you would just kind of sit back and let nature do what it's designed to do in a natural way then you wouldn't have to have all these interventions but but people are rewarded today on doing something like you go into the doctor and the doctor not doing anything is not how the system works and sometimes that is the most natural and healthy way to do it yeah and i i totally believe that um natural processes do best without intervention but it's kind of like um you know, there's a big, I and mean, we'll probably talk about uh, kids. Do you have kids? Yes, let's, yes, I definitely okay. want to talk about kids. You'll be okay. Proud let's of, just let's yeah. just talk about our kids the whole time because I'm sure the listeners would just love us just talking about how wonderful our kids yeah, are. What we got for Christmas and all that good stuff. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, well, the thing, twenty five dollars. Is that what? Is that what? Twenty five dollars. Thirty, thirty one. <clears throat> thirty one dollars. Yeah. Those are the post Christmas <clears throat> trickling. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> 
the thing with kids, you know, there's a big, big motion about, you know, kids don't really need to be trained how to move. You know, it's like you don't need to spend a lot of time taking kids to all these different classes so that they can get their movement. They'll spontaneously develop. And so that has a certain amount of validity to it. But at the same time, when you look around your house and you look around your life and you're like, okay, well, our kids have been in this carrier and this bucket seat and they've been in the um, car seat and they're in the high chairs. Like we are interfering. We're already interfering. The environment is set up to interfere. And so, you know, when you talk about anti-fragile, it's like, you know, we don't want to intervene with this natural process. It's like, it's too late. The fact that the lights are on all day is already interfering. The fact that you only walk on flat surfaces is already interfering. So you can, you can call out that we need to be following nature, but at the same time, we have to recognize all of the ways in which we're not. And and it, in doing that, when you follow the natural instinct or the reflex-driven processes, you, you can follow them better by modifying your, your environment and your behavior so that you will get a truer uh, natural outcome, right. I and, guess. Yeah, and I, I, I want to get back to something, something you just said. But first, from your July 22nd of 2010 uh, article, your blog post, I want to read a quick uh, quote to kind of give the the listeners an idea of sort of the stuff that you uh, write about. So it's your definition of nature, which is in accordance with nature. And you write, the last time I checked, nature wasn't busy designing toilets, chairs, cars, or shoes. Nature doesn't exercise four or five times a week. Nature doesn't exercise at all, but rather moves continuously throughout the day. Nature doesn't eat foods not available to the location or season, even if they are nutritious. Nature also doesn't secrete stress hormones while commuting from one part of the forest to the other. I love that. Affect metabolism regulation with a flick of a thermostat or take anti-inflammatory medications at the drop of a, my back is sore. And so I love that quote. Um, and that's so, like kind of the things that I, I preach uh, at home uh, is, you know, like we, we turn off all the artificial lights at about 730 and we light with these little Coleman lanterns at night and try to sort of mimic a, a, a sunset type deal. It's hard in winter when it, the sun goes down at like 3 p.m. But um, so we try to do that. And I, we've got rings hanging from their, their, the ceiling in their, in their playroom. And it's like one of the other things you say on your, in the book is like if you have chairs and a game system and a TV, like the kid is going to go in there and sit and watch TV. I mean, that's like the, the you're, you're not really giving much of a choice. But if you have like a like ring hanging from, the kid's not going to like not hang from the ring and swing around from the ring. And I don't you, did I hear you say like you've got some sort of bar apparatus or something that your kids play on? Is that is that correct? Yeah, you can actually take a tour of my home on my blog if you want. Um, but we don't have furniture in our home. Um, our house is for the most part, furniture free does not mean decor free. It's right. beautiful. Um, and, um, but it does, there's no couches, there's no chairs, there's no kitchen table. Um, and we have, we built a huge monkey bar set, um, not just for our children. You know, this is, this is what my husband and I do as well, because right. I always say a, a, a couch is like ice cream. Like if it's in your freezer, you're going to eat it. Right. If you have a couch, you're going to sit on it because it's just, it's human nature to reach for, you know, the the easy, fast right. calories or easy, fast energy. And it's human nature to yeah. conserve your energy. Like sitting on the couch turns your muscles off, but right. sitting on the floor requires you expend more energy. Right. And, in preparation for a stressful event, which never happens. 
Yeah, well, or you could say, or is continuously happening all the time. Right, right. Yeah, either way. <laughs> but yeah, but biologically, yes, you we we are at a, a definite mismatch between the environment that we have now and um, the the types of of input, which is loads and biomechanics. We work with loads, and if you're talking about nutrition, it would be uh, your nutritional input. But we we're, we're at a mismatch. We're not getting the input that we need, and um, unfortunately, it's. Um, he, almost human widespread, you know. So right. you, it's hard to it's hard to recognize diseases of captivity in a population that's almost all entirely captive. You right. start looking elsewhere for the solution instead of, um, you know, the big elephant in the room. Right, right. So yeah, the big the big captive elephant in the room. Yes, that's sad and unhealthy. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, like the four pillars of the simply human lifestyle are, you know, eat like a human, move like a human, sleep like a human and enjoy life like a human. It's kind of like the mitigating stress part of it. Okay. And uh, yeah. And so the movement part is so important. And, and it's like you said, like, you know, not like doing those things, not like a human. It's like you're in captivity. It's like you're but you don't recognize that you are and that it's, you know, innovation is great in all these other areas, except for you know, like nutrition and movement patterns. And you think that you, you know, do an elliptical for an hour a day as your new year's resolution is going to all of a sudden like make you healthy. It's just like, that's no, but you know, speaking of uh, like kids and their movement patterns, you know, I, I remember sitting Indian style as a kid. Like I, I have these memories of like as late as fifth grade when I was 10 sitting Indian style. Well, I guess like for the next, you know, all through middle school, high school, I never had to sit Indian style. Well, today I'm 30, Two, I can't sit Indian style, and it's really like kind of frustrating. Like, I want to sit Indian style on the floor with my girls, and and you know just be able to sit and not like be totally uncomfortable. So like through your book and through Kelly Starrett and kind of those these ideas of sort of this mashing the fascial tissue and all this, I'm like painfully working on opening up my hip flexors so that I can sit Indian style. And so every night, like I'll have each of my girls like sit on my knees and push down. I can only do it for like five minutes before. And then I can't hardly even like walk after those five minutes, but I'm working on it. It's getting better. So it's like, it's just thinks that we're in like a, this sort of environment that makes it where some people can't sit Indian style. Cause you don't have to, it's kind of like what you, there's a, a, a article I just wrote uh, that you uh, read that you wrote about how like, getting on the floor is like such this sort of foreign alien thing. That's, you know, you should be able to get down on the floor and stand up, you know, it's kind of that whole deal. So, um, what can are, I say something? Yes, you can, please. Can I, I um, you know, one of the things, and I don't think I've ever fleshed this concept out enough because it's very complex. And my blog, the first five years that you're reading right now is actually started seven years ago. Okay. So the blog content that you haven't read is what's, you know, in 2012 and 13 okay. is the notion that you are not an out of shape version of yourself. Like we think, I, you know, people think like I got to get in shape. I, I've, I, I haven't exercised or I haven't moved. And so I need to replace those things so that I can get in better shape. It's very important that people understand that your body is an entirely different shape because of what you have done. Right. So you're not trying to get your body shaped as it is right now into different positions. I mean, you, you are, but the reason, the reason that I, and what we, what we, are trying to teach at the Institute on a more, like in a more in depth after you study for a few years with us is, is biomechanically what's happening is 
you are not just trying to loosen up your muscles so that you can sit cross-legged on the floor. Right. Your bones have contorted to make that position not unmanageable, <laughs> un undoable. Right. Your 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 bone. You've twisted the heads of your femurs. Like if we cut out your bones, your bones do not have the shape of the femur that you would have had had you been sitting cross-legged on the floor the entire time. Right. So, I I I want to say this on your show. Yes. Um, mostly because you just said you know you're trying to have your girls sit on top of your legs and like smash, smash them my down because down. <laughs> yeah and that the word mash i mean yeah. i i'm not I'm, I'm not into a body masher but i know i know what you're saying yeah. you're like uh, you're you're trying to mobilize right. and and we do need to mobilize but the mobilization is but a first step to introducing the the loads back that you would have experienced so that you can slowly un reform your bone you right. know your bones constantly dynamic and you're trying to take the twists out of it. And it's not something that's going to happen. I mean, it's, I mean, you're 32. So you were sitting cross-legged up until you were seven or eight. And then between eight and 31, you didn't. Right. So you've got um, 24 Many years, years yeah. of Quick math. Very certain, good. You're, yes, you're like yes, a math that was genius. What, that was like a multiplication. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, something. <laughs> multiplication. It was a little Impressive. algebra. But yeah. you, you have that many years of a habit and your bones have formed to those habits. Right. So I I think that there's a big trend in alignment type stuff, in alignment type uh, notions, and then there's the natural movement notions. And so you're 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 looking at them and you're going, okay, I want to sit on the floor, and that's kind of an alignment principle. I want my knees and my hips to be able to do this, and I don't want you know excruciating pain signals <laughs> as I do it, right. because and the justification that you're using for it is because sitting on the floor cross-legged is a natural uh, motion. But what's missing in in your logical steps and and everyone's really that, that i've read uh, actually i've read a couple i think that um in osteopathy they might understand this a little bit more is that you you have to go back and st and slowly transition yourself um with tiny loads right. so that over time you can reshape so that that position is you're able to actually do it and so what i would suggest is instead of sitting on the floor suffering and, and forcing your legs down <laughs> yeah. that you that you meet you meet yourself where you are which is how many pillows do you have to sit on Ooh, yeah, um, yeah. which changes the flexion of your hips so right. that it's like that's where your bones and connective tissue are right now so start there and then and applying the load then your bone can adapt yes i was going to ask you like put me on a sit indian style uh regimen and so that, that's right. what you suggest like and that's one thing like when i get to the point where it's just like so excruciatingly painful i'll like r lift my pelvis off the ground with my hands to relieve the pressure right and but the so period I, of time you're spending sit, in pain isn't helping right 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 so i just need to sit it just start off in that higher angle and right. then sort of and then work down to the floor from there yeah, start where you are. Brilliant. You know, you start on your boundary and you work to where you want to go. You don't, it's kind of like what you're doing is the equivalent of going, I want to run a marathon and you started out <laughs> by running 30 miles. <laughs> yeah, by sprinting 20 miles and thinking that's going to help. Yeah. Right. And it really, on a cellular level, it, what you do is you invoke a whole lot of compensation mechanisms that in turn um, reduce what you're actually after, right. which is this. I mean, you need frequency. Frequency is the biggest thing. Like if you want to become a floor sitter, you need to sit on the floor all, all the of time. the time. Yes. 
Yes. And it's like when I watch TV and stuff at night, I I like I'll foam roll or whatever and like lay on the ground and like just some you know when I'm done, I'll just sort of rest my head on the foam roller and just I'm, <laughs> I try to be on the floor a lot. Sure. I've slept on the floor. Actually, this is you'll be proud of me for this. Um when I was like in high school, I guess I I had this trouble thing where I wasn't sleeping good. The only time I could fall asleep was when I was on the floor. So all through college, I slept on the floor, which was great, like in the dorms, because I could get rid of the bed and we had more space. And so I didn't actually have to sleep back in a bed until I got married. And then, you know, you have to sleep in a bed when you're married, I guess. And so... Is that, some, is that a rule? I, I, never, I guess, yeah. I that's, never, no one ever told me that. I know. And so one of the things, just real quick, I, you're... you're uh, the little the article about like the pictures of the the graphics of the, like the baby and you and your husband in the bed and like he's <laughs> sleeping and you're like that is I was like dying at that because it is so brilliantly right on it was I we're in that stage right now where you wake up and like like why are you so close to me can we not like spread out a little bit but are you co-sleeping with both of your kids yes well it just kind of sometimes we'll wake up and there's no one in our bed and sometimes we'll wake up and all five of us are in the bed and it's like you know knees and elbows everywhere and so a lot of so all that to say a lot of times I'll end up on the floor which to me is like a comfort <laughs> yeah like I, I enjoy that like i'm, I'm yeah. always telling people like in for sharing a hotel room or something on a trip like i i step on the floor all through college i'm fine sleeping on the floor so anyways yeah sleep on the floor that's the, that's a luxury that only the dad has the mother <laughs> i would love to sleep on the floor in a, i would like to sleep on the floor in a different room if possible but that would count towards my yeah. vacation in my a dad different would house be like, yeah you got you got like a weekend <laughs> off when you slept that night on the floor so right, they'll right. come find you yeah the z's next to the the man is <laughs> is so uh telling but uh, and so accurate <laughs> um so okay and we talked about sort of kids and, and movement and all that and and you sort of briefly mentioned the sort of kids in the strollers and all that and i have been walking okay i know walking on the treadmill is more of a hip flexor movement and not a pushing off movement but in a bind like i'll i'll put the treadmill at like one and a half or two incline and walk with my two-month-old son holding him and that just like puts him to sleep, you know? And so I'm getting sort of getting my walk in and he's being held and not in a stroll. So why is that? Like, why is it important for babies to sort of feel the gravity of being held and not just like in a, in a stroller or something? Well, um, why is it important or yeah, I guess like what is the, what is it taking away if you just put a baby you never like hold the baby and you're you're just putting him in a stroller and high chair and all that all the time well i mean that that question is very i could answer it in so many different, different ways. ways i mean what is it taking what is it adding um what is it i mean if we if, i think if we can think about children not as something that function different than how we do what is the difference between you on the couch and you standing upright. Right. Like that's that's the first place to put your mind. It's like, what is my body doing when I'm sitting down uh, on the couch? And then what is my body doing when I'm just um, not even moving, but standing upright? And and the answer is, you know, all the, the gravitational load when you're vertical is, much is, is yeah. pull, like you're, you're having to, you're, you are feeling, you are, a, you are responding to the gravitational load in 360 degrees, which gives you the strength 360 degrees to right yourself or hold yourself up. I am standing right now, by the way. You That's very good. You'll be very good. Me. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but when, when, when you put a baby down on, on the ground, they're not using any of their musculature. And when you hold a baby 
upright, vertical they are. And what you're doing is you're creating an environment that they respond to and they develop their strength yeah. at a frequency and on a timeline that is much more natural. I think we're, we're kind of, our culture is the baby is down most of the time or the baby is up, but it's being held passively by some sort of device that, you know, does a lot of the structural um, support so that the muscles are still relaxed. And, and we kind of cultivate the baby's small, small, you know, we give them things to grasp and hold and shake. And your we're like, oh, look, you're using stuff, your hands yeah. and you're using your arms. And we, we start by stimulating and training all of their appendages. Meanwhile, the actual muscles um, of their legs to hold up their torso and their trunk to hold up itself and the muscles of the neck to hold up the weight of the head are sitting there not doing anything. Right. Meanwhile, the mass of the baby is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So they're essentially getting weaker after they're born, not stronger. Right. And then it's not only until five or six months do we consciously go, okay, now it's time for you to lay on your stomach and try to lift your head. And it's like, are, are you for real? You just, just, you just set up the situation of the baby to be able to do nothing with its head. And now you're going to put the baby <laughs> on a lift your giant head exercise program. <laughs> I, I do that um, every day. I have a giant head still. Right, so. <laughs> right, right, right. And so, so you're like, I pass it on. Yeah. So, so like for me, like I, I was walking with my kids the day and the day after they were born and the ver being able to hold your head up is the first motor skill that a baby should have. Yeah. And I've got, um, I've been taking videos, you know, of course I'm like Diane Fossey with my own <laughs> children, you know, um, by the time my Roan, who's, uh, 15 months old now, by the time she was three days old, she could completely hold up her own head on a walk. Yeah. But I had to create, I had to, that fake environment. Yeah. I had to fake the natural environment, which is yeah. different than saying, um, I intervened in her strength. I mean, I did intervene into her strength development, but I intervened by removing right. the unnatural environment ah, that she so would good. have had elsewhere. And yeah. so intervention, when we use these terms, they're not really well defined right. or they're they're defined defined in such a non um the perspective is so narrow, I yeah. guess. So yeah. that's that's the that's the whole point. I mean, my kids have never that was our big thing is we don't have a stroller. They don't have any seats. They have a car seat, and that's the only seat, and we hardly drive. So the total amount of time that they've spent in sitting um, is very small. I mean, it's it's in the it's in the number of hours. By the time they were one, we had kept it really down to being less than ten hours of their whole entire life. Wow. Um, well, it's kind of like the, if you're the looking negative at of that is all they want to do is move. They 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 have no program for not moving, which is I can totally see. <laughs> the benefit right. of having kids that will sit down because these <laughs> for one never, second yeah oh it's exhausting <laughs> yeah well it's kind of, it's the same thing it's like if you look at like movement as a pie chart and like is your your the pie chart for your kids would be like a very small sliver of you know sort of this unnatural sitting thing and the rest of it is like this natural movement well the same thing can be you know you can look at their their nutrition Whereas like my wife and I try to do the majority of that pie chart is like human food. And then that way, like when you do have like the Valentine's party and the birthday party, if they are exposed to some, some unhealthy foods, it's not, it's just a very small sliver and you're not like doing, having like a birthday party sort of every day in your home for breakfast, you know? So yeah, that's well. And I think that that's a good, it's a good point. Like our children, your children, my children, a lot of people who are listening, children, like we live in the real world. It's not about not living in the real world. And I certainly don't want to give my kids, um, I, I, I don't ever go get out of that chair. You know, when they go to someone else's house, it was kind of like when we grew up, we weren't allowed to have sugar cereal. Right. So if I spent the night at anyone's house who had sugar cereal, I was like, 
all I want to do is eat Fruit Loops at your house. I just want to eat this whole box. And you became so obsessed about right. something that you weren't allowed to do. And right. my kids are obsessed with chairs. Like if we go over to someone's house, they will just systematically <laughs> like go look down and like, wow, this is crazy. Toys. They are like these really cool, fun things. And I never once say sitting is not good for you or whatever. Right. I just model a different experience. Their bones shape. Their bones will have a different shape than other people's bones because they don't have the same cultural motor patterns and shaping patterns so their tissues will look entirely different they will look less on less uh, similar on paper to what we all look like culturally on paper due to having shoes and using toilets and sitting like especially during those first five years our bones are literally shaped by what went down during that period of time and it's really hard to undo a lot of those shapes Right, and we're coming up on time. I hate this. I'm hoping maybe uh, while I've got you uh, in record mode that you will maybe agree to come back on at some point uh, later on this year so we can finish. I have like all these questions for you, and and I want to make sure to not keep you too long, but I also want to maybe have you back on at a later time. No, never. I'm Damn. never coming back. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> sure, yes, sweet, absolutely. Sweet. Well, and then one other thing, real, real side note, you'll be, another reason you'll be proud of me is that I own a squatty potty. And everyone thinks I'm crazy, but it's a wonderful experience. And my girls squat when they do that sort of thing as well, and they love it. And it, it, anyway, so that's a whole other uh, topic. But okay, so just real quick, in a nutshell, I, there's I want to ask you about you, the institute real quick, and then I have like the question that I ask everyone on the show. So sort of uh, just in a in a nutshell, uh, talk about the restorative exercise institute. Um, well, the institute is a, a facility that um, teaches the bio the biomechanical model of, of health, um, specifically what does, how does natural movement, how does movement trickle down to cellular outcomes and, and relate to disease? So we just, um, we have small courses, um, for people who are interested in kind of, as we were talking about taking the shape of their body right now and, and changing the literal shape of their body over a period of time through, um, not just restoring natural quantities and frequencies of movement, but by going back and looking up their holes, their strength holes. And and we try to train them. I, I don't like to teach just exercise. I like to teach why and what you're doing this exercise for and then hopefully get you to the point where you never no longer need that exercise. So that's what the Institute is. Just a, It's just a, a place for uh, mostly online courses. We have some live classes um, that we teach now and then, but we have students all over the world and um, that's it. That's all that it is. Yeah. I so. am. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I've been sort of looking at it and, I, and I'll link uh, to the Institute and her website and everything in the show notes. Uh, so that'll all be there. So, okay. Now f- to the final question that I ask everyone uh, that I have on the show, it is, what is one thing that you either enjoy about life or something that you do to make life more enjoyable? I walk. Mm, good walking walking is um is just it's it's essential to my humanness i guess and i um i i feel like if no matter how my day has been no matter what the input has been in whether it's uh food or a certain uh lack of movement or or something i read on the computer or, or anything that i need to metabolize i can metabolize through walking yeah Cool. And that's actually one of the things I want to talk to you about the next time you're on the show. So be on the lookout for Katie Bowman next up on sometime is like, why is walking so important and, and sort of all the things that it benefits. So that's good. I'm glad you sort of said that. That's a good segue into the, your next appearance. 
Um, cool. So I really appreciate uh, you being on. And so thank you for being on. And also thank you in advance for uh, eliminating my excruciating pain tonight uh, <laughs> from, from when I'm trying to sit Indian style on the floor with my girls. Uh, they, I will be sitting on a pillow or some other form of a uh, little, you know, rising thing. And I won't be, uh, okay, okay, guys, we got to sing a song now. Oh, this just hurts so bad. <laughs> distract me, distract yeah, me. And when you sit it. down there, I mean, it's not just about, you know, if, if you were sitting on the floor in a, you know, a tribal situation, like you'd be doing stuff with your arms and you'd right. be, you know, twisting and moving around. So make sure that you're loading doing your body stuff. a little bit while you're down there right. as well. And not like just, I wouldn't be crying while I was sitting there in pain. But, so well, you could be crying. I mean, yeah, it's crying it is a on... natural condition. You have kids. <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. you don't cry every day. I do. I do. I, I still have to admit <laughs> it. All right. Well, Katie, I sure appreciate it. And uh, we will look forward to having you on uh, in the future. Okay. Thanks so much. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you, Katie. A lot of great wisdom there. You can find her at uh, katiesays.com and a bunch of other places. We talked about her institute and all that will be linked in the show notes. Now it's time for the Simply Human, or I'm sorry, uh, no, it is not time for the Simply Human of the Week. It is time for the Humans Being Human segment and our good friend, Rick the Caveman. Take it away with Rick. All right, as we do, uh, I guess as we've done twice on air, I have actually talked to Rick the Caveman uh, quite a few times uh, off of the air, so to speak, of not recording as we're working on his grammar and things like that. So uh, we're going to try to patch him in. I've been trying to work on it. And I think I think I heard him. I think I, I, think I hear Rick. Uh, okay, we should be through, but I don't, I'm not here. Goodness gracious, we always, we always, we always get Rick the Caveman at the worst possible times. Uh, Rick the Caveman, are you, what, are you okay? What's wrong? What's happening? Oh, this mark. Oh my gosh. What, what, what is it? What, what, what's happened? Can you talk? I'm just, oh, it's been, uh, oh it's been a heck of a week. I just, uh, it's just been... You know, one of those weeks, I guess. Everybody has those, and it's just been one of those awful, just awful cases, well, can you, man. Can you talk about it? or, or I mean, well, what's... And, and, and I, I'm glad you called because I, I, I blame you. Uh-oh. I, I really, this really is, you, you trace it back uh, incrementally, and this really is, you know, your fault. And I have got a... Uh, I get that a, a lot. A, a bone to pick with you. It's a very long brontosaurus bone, Femur bone. to pick with you. So the last time we were talking, you're, you know, hey, this is my website. And I'm like, I don't know what a website is, idiot. I'm a caveman. <laughs> Please, you got to fill me in. And so you're telling me about these four pillars of blah, blah, of the simply human. And I'm like, I, ugh, I, I believe me, I'm more human than, than anyone. anyone. But right. uh, you're telling me, you know, one of the, the, the pillars that I should strive for is to move like a human. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I'm not all the way standing upright. I'm kind of hunched over and I walk kind of like a Bigfoot. But you're like, you know, no, no, no. It's not about walking and posture. It's about, uh, you know, hey, here's a thing you can do. Lift heavy things often. I did say That's that. What you I, did, I said that, yes. So you're not going to deny that you said that? I absolutely said that. Is that how, did something go wrong? Record show that you admitted to saying that. Okay. Okay. Exhibit A, your, your, your cave, cave justice, cave honor. So 
I, I'm uh, I'm sitting around uh, the other day. I was poking at my fire with a stick because, of, as we've established, that's really all there is to do besides hunt. We poke things with sticks, generally fire. And I think, you know what? I've got plenty of time right now. I can do that thing that, that my friend Mark was telling me. I can lift heavy things off. And so I'm looking around, and I see a giant boulder right outside the entrance to my cave. And I think, well, there is a heavy item. Very I can heavy. lift that. Right. So I grab this boulder, and I get my feet shoulder-width apart. Okay, my good. weight balanced on uh-huh. the balls of my feet. Not rock too far forward, but not rock too far back. Yes. And I pick this boulder up right. and lift it up over my head. Great. Success. It's fantastic. Good job, Rick the Caveman. I'm proud of you. Well, and so I'm holding this boulder uh-huh. over my head for, gosh... 15 or 20 minutes. Wow. Probably. Is that your intention? That's that's great. Were you well, going for a time Mark, record? Kind of here's where I take a beef with you. Uh-oh. I'm a caveman. Yes, yes. or no? Yeah, uh, true. I just learned to speak English like two months ago. Right. Yes or no? Yeah, uh, true. I don't have a real good, I'm using air quotes now, something I you taught me. Right. I don't have a real good command of the <laughs> English language, right? <laughs> I take things I, I, pretty literally. I forget that sometimes, but yes. You, you, you did forget it just a little bit here, because you say lift heavy things often and correctly. Right, okay. You don't say anything about lowering heavy things oh my just goodness. as many times as you lift them. Oh, no. So I'm standing here with this boulder over my head for 15 minutes. My arms are shaking. My whole body is convulsing. I'm cave sweating all over the place. I'm freaking out, man. And I'm you, freaking out. There was no instruction on what to do after you lift heavy things. No, there wasn't. Oh, goodness. Rick the Caveman, I'm so sorry. about. So what, uh, what well, happened? I haven't even told you the worst part of oh, it. No. So I don't know what to do. I've got this boulder over my head. Well, you know what happened? I don't. My arms uh, You're telling snapped. me. Oh. Both of them. Well, my arms what? both snapped at the elbows, and I dropped this giant boulder on top of my head. You broke both of your arms? Uh, yes. How I, no, 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 no. I didn't break both of my arms. You <laughs> broke both of my arms. Rick the caveman, I'm so I'm so oh, sorry. No. You were so strong to lift that boulder up, and now I mean, how have you been able to 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 hunt or to gather? Well, hang on, hang on here. It gets worse than that, uh, if I may. Just surely not. I can't get any worse than breaking your elbows. So my arm. So okay, I'm gonna pick the story up. So my elbows snap. You know, into. <sighs> was, I didn't realize that I was standing over an ant pile. Now you and I have had these conversations before. Well, that's not my fault. Ants in the future are these little teeny tiny bugs that kind of crawl around. And they get on your, you know, you have a, a picnic. picnic. I've taught you so that, this, yes. And uh, you know, they get on there, what are you going to do? It's an ant. Mm, no, nah, ants in prehistoric times, they're like three inches long. And they have these horrible, just gnashing and gnawing teeth. Oh, and they, oh, they, they look at you and they hiss and spit at you. They're just horrible creatures. Well, when I lift this boulder, I'm standing right next to an ant pile. Didn't realize. Are you sure that well, wasn't your cave wife that was hissing and, and snashing at you? Well, we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> so my elbows snap and I fall backwards. Oh. And I fall right on top of this ant pile. Oh, no. Like, uh,. And my, you know, the wind caused, you know, I don't wear clothes because I'm a caveman, you know, only in special occasions, you know, whatever. Weddings, weddings funerals. You know, right. what what have you. But uh, so I'm naked because that's, you know, being a human. 
and okay. I fall backwards on top of this ant pile, and these ants are just just stinging me all around my <laughs> my rear end and other sensitive areas like that. Like your like your elbows that are that are snapped through your skin. It's not the sensitive area I was talking about. Okay. Do I need to cave spell it out for you, <laughs> Mr. Literal? Sorry. Hey, Mr. Literal, you're the one who didn't know how to lit, drop a boulder. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Continue. That's that not even the worst part of this. Oh, no. So at some point, I have smashed my head with a boulder that I had in my hands because both my arms snapped. Right. And I've fallen on top of a giant prehistoric ant pile. Right. Well, what do you do when you, when you, when you sit on an ant pile, Mark? I brush the ants off with my hands. Well, here's what we do in prehistoric times because it's incredibly painful. I jump up in the air. Oh my God, I gotta get off of this thing. Well, wouldn't you know it, my head, I was right below a prehistoric hornet's nest. Oh, no. And let me tell you, your hornets in the future, they're like an inch long and then sting a little bit. Are you getting the picture with like the wildlife in prehistoric times? Everything's like gigantic and super scary and they hiss and scream and spit and poison you. Well, my head just thump, rams right up this hornet's nest. And so I'm running around in a circle, my head in a hornet's nest. And hornets are stinging me, they're unleashing, they're stinging and there's nothing you can do. You, you can't get the hornet's nest off because of your arms are, are hanging limp at your yeah, side. Exactly. You okay. can't even lift it up off my head because they're just like two like you know limp noodles, whatever a noodle happens to be. I've heard you use that expression. I don't know what that is. So to get all of it off, I have to jump into a tar pit, which mm. is like scalding hot full of tar. Not a good day. Rick the no, it wasn't, Mark. It wasn't. I don't have the use of my arms. I can't do anything for myself. It's just ridiculous. My, my my first thought is, isn't there maybe a better location of a boulder for you to lift? Uh, maybe that was part partly my fault, but partly uh, is that. Do you not get any of the the blame for that, Rick the Caveman? I claim quite literally. Zero percent of the blame for this. This okay. is all on you. Okay. So why don't you go back to your computing machine and update your website and say lift and also lower before you almost kill yourself. <laughs> I, okay, audience. I do need to update the website and fit lift and lower. But actually, as I'm sitting here thinking, if your arms are broken, huh? Okay, how about that? Yeah, okay. As I'm kind of formulating this thought, Mister Broken Arms. If you're so broken arms, how are you holding the cave rock phone rock? Well, I I, I have my my cave wife is holding it up to my ear, oh. and so I'm talking that way. Do sorry, you, have I'm you sorry. ever have you ever met her? Before, I, know, I, I haven't. Sorry, Mrs. Cave Wife. Uh, uh, oh, hang on, hang. Wait, wait, uh, let's see if uh, hang, hey, hang on a second. Okay, hey, honey, okay. honey. This hey, ought to be on. interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, hey, you know the guy Mark, the guy that caused all this whole. Huge, gigantic wreck he must of my have life. Taught her English. Uh, would you like to talk to him? Okay. Oh, hey, hey, Mark, can you hear me? I'm going right. to put her on the phone. Okay. Uh, okay. I uh, now, just understand she's not quite as refined as me, so okay. maybe kind of a tough conversation. Okay. Her name is Glarn. Glarn. Yes, Glarn. Okay, Miss Glarn. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Glarn. Glarn. Here. Here we go. Uh, I'm sorry, Miss Glarn. <laughs> Miss Glarn. I'm. I just actually. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'm actually. <laughs> Okay, obviously she is not, she is not uh, too happy with me. Gorn, 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 please, calm down. Gorn. Gorn, Gorn, oh my god, oh, give me the, oh, oh, oh my god, Mark, what did you do to her? I, what did you do to her? I told her it was a pleasure to meet her, I, uh... Oh. 
I'm so sorry. I, uh, that was horrible. All afternoon calming her down now. (laughs) She mighty. She sounds, uh, Rick came in. She sounds like just a wonderful lady. You've definitely outkicked your coverage. (laughs) She is an angel. She is saint. Okay, well, Rick K. Man, uh, obviously you have a lot to, to do in the next few minutes, uh, <laughs> um, calming down Glarn, uh, but uh, she seems rather calm uh, now. Is that, is that, has she calmed I had down? To hit her, I had to hit her in the head. Oh, okay. That's how we cave times. Okay. You know, someone's freaking out. We don't really know what to do. Well, We're scared. We're cavemen. So we hit lots of people on heads. And so she's kind of knocked out and I'm kind of leaning. The rock phone is on the ground of the cave and I'm leaning okay. up against it. Well, and so I just, I just can't do this. Okay. Long-term. Well, Rick, the I caveman, just, I, I'm so sorry about the misunderstanding and I hope that you maybe find some sort of uh, leaf goo to wipe on your exposed elbows. <laughs> That's that's really how we do it. It's all you know natural and you know because we have we don't have you know any industry right now. So you know I'll find something. You know I, I, I'm being too harsh. You're just trying to help me out and trying to make me a better person. Even though you know kind of don't do it. I just need you know I just have human instinct. I don't really need a lot of help. But I, you're just trying to help. So you know and bygones actually, uh, be bygones. And Rick so came in. I don't want to spoil anything, but I do actually. We found your fossils, and I I do actually know how you die. But anyway, uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, close it off now, and we'll uh, no, we'll. no 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 please oh 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 I oh my gosh. You're like blowing my mind here. Yeah, I'm sorry. I really shouldn't have said that. Um, but you know what, Rick Kevin, we're going to check in with you soon. Uh, so just think about from from now until then, uh, all, the fact that I know exactly the way that you die, and it is not pleasant. Uh, and so anyway, uh, this has been this has been a great conversation, Rick Kevin. We will talk to you soon. But what? Oh. All right. Uh, thank you, as always, Rick the Caveman. Always an adventure uh, with Rick. And it's so funny. He, he kind of sounds like you, but it's, I mean, it's not you, obviously, because you don't live, you know, in, in centuries of, in the past. So, you know, he sounds kind of like me doing like my fake nerd voice. Right. It's weird. Well, I wonder maybe if like, if, if somewhere along the line, like you have some of his genes, that would be interesting to, to do some like uh, ancestry. I don't think, uh, I don't think uh, cavemen wore jeans. I think they wore like loincloths and, Okay, now you're starting to act more and more like Rick the Caveman. Um, <laughs> all right, well, uh, that that was uh, uh, Rick the Caveman. Oh, jeans, like Dean. Oh, G E N E S. Right, right, right. I'm a little slow today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, it is time for the ever popular Simply Human Tip of the Week. There's actually a couple that I wanted to do, and it's something you can start doing right now to be more healthy. Uh, the first is don't text and drive. I was uh, uh, driving behind a college student, a a girl, and the only reason I say it's a girl is because I have two daughters, and she was going about 15 in a 40, kind of swerving in and out of the lane, and, and I wasn't like really mad at her, more of like, I don't want my daughters to do that, I'm sure her dad doesn't, you know, didn't like give her that car if he gave her a car, and like, text, go text and drive, like I'm sure he wouldn't like that, and so I'm trying to figure out, okay, what are ways that I can instill this sort of, you know, because you can say, don't text and drive all you want, but they, you know, you're not in the car with him, or at least not all the time. You never know, girls. I might be in your in, in the back of your car watching you always. <laughs> okay, that was creepy. Um, so That was I, very creepy. Awesome. So the, so the tip is, like, and I've started this with the girls, like right after I, you know, I'm like texting Jen. I can't believe this, this girl is texting and driving. I'm just kidding. Not while I was driving. That was a joke. But um, I like, I, I showed the, the phone to the girls and I said, okay guys, you know what? This is a new rule. Anytime mommy and daddy are driving, we're going to put our phones in the glove box and that way you can't hear it 
vibrate or ring or even really reach it. And so that is the tip of the week. One of them is to don't text and drive. Uh, do you have any uh, thoughts on that, uh, Officer Rick? Uh, you know, I'm not exactly super like, you know, traffic ticket McGee. Usually I function with other stuff. But, man, I've worked so many car wrecks with people that are completely preventable on two things. It's distracted driving, which 99% of the time these days it's texting. Or, you know, it's not really phone calls. But and the other was alcohol, and everybody knows don't drink and drive. Even though you know, ever you know, tons of people still do it. I could find two a night if that's all I did. But the texting and driving thing, oh, is it not? If it's not something that can wait a couple minutes, then it's taking all your attention away from operating the motor vehicle and driving defensively. So you got to pull in a parking lot. If it's something that's that big of an emergency, just pull over for a second and do that because ah, there's just there's too many people getting hurt all over the place, property damage. That's why insurance rates are so high because people can't stop crashing on each other. You've hit a sore topic with me, but right. don't text and drive. Okay. Well, and, and people are like, okay, that's not move like a human. That's not really eat like a human. That's, that's not be sleep. alive yeah. like a human. Yeah, you don't, can't... Be, don't end up dead like yeah. a non-human because yeah. when you're a corpse, you're not a human anymore. Yeah, you can't Yeah, you can't uh, do any of the four pillars if you're dead. It was ri- rather hyperbolic of me. Like, hey, if you text and drive, you'll be a corpse. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, yeah. it's very possible. Who knows? And the, the second one is do something this week, whether it's get together with some friends and tell stories or go watch a comedy on at a movie theater or Netflix. Just like do something that's going to make you laugh. Um, and just, and, and, you know, whether, if, whether you're stressed or if you got stuff going on, just try to do something, you know, it might be a show like Tommy Boy, a show that you, a movie that you know is going to make you laugh. Uh, you know, do something like that, which kind of leads us into episode what seventeen, eighteen, whatever we're on for next week. Uh, with Vinny and Anna are on the show uh, from the Angriest Trainer podcast. We just had a lot of fun, and we really didn't talk about anything substantial. We just kind of let Vinny and Anna go off on a d- bunch of different topics. Uh, yeah, and it was a lot of fun. So it was great, man. And everybody listen. It's going to drop on the twenty first. And th- these people, if you haven't heard of Vinny and Anna, first crawl out of your rock and listen to the angry trainer podcast it's a titan in this like kind of genre of like you know healthy living these days but there it's it's just it's they're perfect they're great yes and uh i had to edit that uh, episode a lot and we'll uh, oh, I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll talk about it uh, in the intro of next week uh that it took me longer to edit it than it did to like actually do the interview <laughs> yeah All right, well, that is going to wrap up this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. Coming up next time, it is, we just said it, Vinny and Anna of the Angry Trainer Podcast. So be sure to listen to that. It's going to be out on the 21st. You can find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Links to the Facebook page, YouTube channel, Simply Human Kids page, the Food for Thought tabs where you can find the articles uh, guest written by Rick. You can follow me on Twitter at simplyhuman52. Email me questions, concerns, comments at simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. And please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen to it. Good or bad, any publicity is good publicity. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember... <laughs> okay, obviously she is not... So, Rick, any farting... Any farting part what, what did we say last time final uh, yeah and la- I, I tried to say final. parting thoughts and i guess i made it kind of sound like farting thoughts which, something uh, yeah so any, any of those <laughs> i've got lots of farting thoughts yeah <laughs>
Uh, we have to have one fart noise uh, per show. So it's it's like mandated by like uh, you know the king of the podcast. We have to make one reference to farting or pants pooping or something. We literally cannot get through a whole hour without one. It's in the simply human bylaws. <laughs> exactly. It's the, it's bylaw number one, and there is no bylaw number two. <laughs> so until next time, enjoy yourself.